Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Good morning, Vietnam! You are great. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Classic movies, 30 years in the making. Classic movies, Pat. 30 love, years in the making. Do you like classic movies? I do. And I, I, I don't know what we're starting with. What are we starting with? Colors. Okay, well, I can't wait to talk because it's another... Do you like to color? I, I do like to color. Okay. Colors, it, it was interesting movies this time around. That's yeah. what I'm going to say. Great. I mean, I loved oh, yeah, them. Yeah. I loved them. So... So, uh, so yeah, so we've got some new movie news stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're just going to jump right on into that. Mm-hmm. Actually, let me let me give my regular spiel here real quick just as we spiel get started. Uh, this is... Dream... No. Bing, bing, no. Bing, 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 it is midnight. Wasn't, wasn't there that website that used to have a picture of a race car? Yeah. And it, it said something like, um, you know, if you don't laugh at this, you're insane. Yeah. And it was like a picture of a race car. Yes. And then just some, like, some little voice be like, bing, 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 That was it, man. That was like the same time that that hamster dance, web, hamster dance uh, website came out. Oh. With just a little cartoon hamsters dancing. Yes. Yeah. We're going back into like the... Late nineties uh, of the web of the interwebs now. You know what's still up? Home mm-hmm. Star Runner. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, Super man. the Poopsmith. I <laughs> we you know what I sometimes I have different people that my inner monologue comes out as. Sometimes it's Sam Jackson <laughs> when I'm angry. Is it ever strong? Sometimes it's strong bad. <laughs> it is. And and every once in a while and, and my wife will do this too. Like she'll be um, she'll get emails from different people that she has to respond to stuff for yeah. this uh, organization that she's a part of, and uh, it's in, and she'll be like, "Oh, sorry, I just have to check an email real quick," and I'm just sitting there going, "Checking the emails, checking the email. and every once in a while she'll be like, "Oh, I got another email, I'm like email, email. Hope it's from a female." <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, and our and our one of our favorite ones is when he would go, uh, uh, and I told him that they would get real fruit smoothies if they won the game. And they won the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my dear God in heaven, John. It's May 15th. Oh, what the heck man. is going on? Mm. The world? <laughs> if May 15th means nothing to the rest of you, oh. uh, just a quick reminder that we are teachers. <laughs> and it is uh, It's somewhere oh Somewhere it's Teacher Appreciation Month. So are it you, is. Are you feeling appreciated? I do. Okay, I, honest to goodness, good. I do. I really do. Good. I just, I do. It's we. Have Maybe not by children. <laughs> And some coworkers, but you know, <laughs> they have their own way of appreciating <clears throat> mm-hmm. you. Yeah, some sometimes we appreciate, sometimes we depreciate. But that's you know, that's right. That's as long right. as as long as there's balance, then I guess that's all okay. Uh, so we are the Thirty Something Movie Podcast. Let me try this again. Episode number one eighty five. That's what I was trying to say before I turned into the ring ding 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 thing. One eighty five. I don't know how I got that from episode one eighty five, but uh, our movie this time around is Colors. We are switching up the format a little bit. We tried at the beginning of this year doing two movies per episode, and somehow magically, I don't know, that got to be a lot to try to edit. Uh, yes. 
edit two movies per episode and do that every week. And so we're going back to one movie a week. Okay. So that's that's what we're doing. So this one is episode 185. Um, it is Colors, and so we're going to be splitting. Our other movie will be um, Red Heat, and that's going to be our next episode coming out next week for episode okay. number 186. So we may have lied to you last week and said Colors and Red Heat would be together, seeing as how they both have something to do with color. That's right, um, but we'll split those up, and that'll be two different uh. episodes. So this time is 185, Colors. And we're just going to tell you right now, we'll spoil the events of the movies that we talk about. Ooh. So if you don't want to be spoiled, if you haven't seen Colors, go watch Colors and then come back. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll have some good stuff to talk about when we you come got, back. Yeah, so. we do. Um, leave us a review on iTunes. If you have not done that, don't be stingy. You can give us five stars. You can give us six. I don't think iTunes will let you, but you can Maybe give us have. six stars. Put the if six you star want. in the take, comment section. Take a permanent marker and draw the six star on your computer screen. Yeah. Don't do that. That, that's bad. a bad idea. <laughs> then tech Spe- help it. Especially if your computer is owned by the company that you work for. Um, <clears throat> but yes, anyway, review on iTunes. That would be lovely. We would appreciate that. Um, awesome. Wonderful. Grand. Great. Let's go, Pat. Let's do it. So Pat Canagallo is here with me today. Yes, he is. The other guy's um, schedules stuff. are, are kind of getting to life and all that other stuff. So yeah. um, I think with the school year winding down, Jeff is, is getting ready to come back, maybe do some shows with us in June. Yep. When we get to those movies, He's he just finished up the, the, the play. And, and it was awesome. Got, uh, like, baby and all those other yeah. stuff. So And what a fantastic job he did with the musical. I mean, he just takes it to a new level. Yeah. And the kids were awesome. And what... Did he tell you? I'm going to tell the story if he didn't tell you the story. Could they did Alice in Wonderland about the the lost, three girls yes. and the one lost her voice? Yes, yeah, that I was mean, awesome. So for those of you that did not hear this story because you don't work with us and you weren't standing in the same hallway with us, um, what happened was he. So we're at a middle school, so we've got uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade kids. Kids ranging from let's say eleven to fourteen years old. Mm-hmm. And um, they were doing Alice in Wonderland, so they cast three different girls to play Alice. Mm-hmm. One a little bit shorter for when she's supposed to be shrunk. One a little bit taller for when she's supposed to be giant and everything else is smaller. And then one medium size. So yes. different heights. Right. Um, well, the medium height, the one that I think is Alice through most of the show, uh, one of the days when they were doing the rehearsal, or not the rehearsal, but the performance for the kids here at school, not, not for the parents, um, she had lost her voice. Mm-hmm. And... My understanding is the the kids didn't consult with an adult. Like, they didn't tell Jeff they were going to do this. They didn't tell any other adults. The two other Alices grabbed the script and went backstage with a microphone. And they told the the main Alice, they said, just go out on stage and mouth the words. And we will read it into the microphone for you. We will read your lines for you so you can keep going mm-hmm. even though you can't talk. And Jeff is telling me that. And he's like, it, it freaking blew me away. Yeah. <laughs> that like the kids would do that yeah. on their own. Yeah. That he and and he said he said you know the thing I always try to get across to the kids is take care of each other. Like mm-hmm. when you're up on that stage, take care of each other. And I'm like, well, yeah. Yeah, clearly they learned it because yeah. that's pretty awesome. Yeah, talented, talented group of kids. And I'll tell you, Jeff's awesome. He's mm-hmm. a talented man, and he's yeah. what a wonderful teacher. I mean, and we we laugh and joke. This is gonna be the. Someone's going to fall off their chair if they hear me talking like this. But, you know, you look at the Danielson framework, mm-hmm. and when you talk about something that's exemplary, to, what's the top one? Exemplary? Distinguished. It distinguished mm-hmm. teaching. It's, Danielson framework is how teacher, how at least we as teachers get evaluated yeah. for our jobs. It's like, it, yeah, it, and it's like the distinguished, it's always like the kids are taking ownership. Yeah. Like, how do you teach the kids to take ownership? And Jeff achieved that. Oh, and, totally. I mean, like, even throughout the weekend, like, the way they, okay, in, in, a, in, a, in a crutch, they really quick, or in a clutch, not in a crutch, yeah. in a clutch, they, the kids figured it out. But then it looked like, oop, this is long term. We're going to have to change the show. And the kids mm-hmm. figured it out. And so 
So kudos to them, kudos yeah. to Jeff, because dear lord, that was a it was a fantastic show. I was out of town this weekend, so I couldn't see the evening yeah, show. It to broke my heart, but I saw him on on Thursday, and um, it, it was it was fantastic. Yeah. And a lot of kids that checked it out for the first time that are like, whoa, talents that just like where did this kid come mm-hmm. out of, you know? And and so yeah. it it was just a very neat thing, and he just brings a whole lot to our students. So yeah, so, great so show, nice, Jeff. Nice job, Jeff. Yeah, fantastic. Um, all right, so that's what's been going on, and uh, so it's going to be you and I this time, uh, and probably just you and I for the next episode, too, right, so man. that's totally fine. Um, we got some new movie news, so we're going to do this really fast, and then we're going to get on into the lightning round, because uh, we got to get on into the movie here, and yeah, got an orchestra concert for my son, and oh, it's cool. an orchestra concert tonight is the, is the thing, but I don't know, like, I pick a day, and it's something totally different. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's one of those. Um, all right, so I'm going to jump in really quick first. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody movie. Oof. I just showed you the trailer Oof. to it. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Time. Do it. Do it. Fire it up. <laughs> that looks really cool. Uh-huh. Keep making awesome movies, people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, this is the, uh, did you say biopic? Biopic? I, don't know I say it. biopic. You say biopic? All the guys that know about camera angles tell me it's biopic. Yeah, pff, whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's a biographic movie. About Freddie Mercury yeah. and uh, and Queen, and I've been hearing about this one for a while, but the, they put the trailer out. I think it just came out today. So, So now what? This is when the operatic section comes in. Oh, the operatic section, yeah. Mamma mia, mamma mia! Mamma mia, let me go! Beelzebub has a devil put aside for me! For me! For me! It goes on forever, six bloody minutes! Pity your wife if you think six minutes is forever. looks pretty good yeah i think it was pretty phenomenal i don't know how far into his life they're gonna go i mean it looks like he obviously it looks like he ages over the course of the trailer that they showed but um i would i would assume that since his life was cut short that we'll go all the way to the end yeah um, and but, does bohemian rhapsody does that song become like the thing that he's trying to compose and yeah. throughout like he's fighting for that song and it's mm-hmm. too long you know yeah. whatever so it, it just it looks like it should be really cool yeah yeah. And I'm, I'll keep my comments brief. But, I mean, all the other, like, big-name, like, biopics that I've seen, you know, whether it's James Brown, um, uh, what, um, shoot, not Sammy Davis Jr. Um, Ray Charles. Ray Charles, yeah. thank you. I was just going to start singing George on my mm-hmm. mind. Ray Charles, those have all been really, really fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so it would be cool to see Johnny this Cash. One. Johnny Cash, Walk the Line. line. Yeah. It was really Walk good. Line, yeah. um, so, yeah, good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, the one I'm still waiting for is uh, David Bowie. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm going to be there for the Queen one, but if yep. they do a David Bowie, yeah. and I, I just bet guarantee they will uh, at some point. But 
Uh, yeah, okay, so that is Bohemian Rhapsody, like I said. Uh, I'll put the audio for the trailer here in the show, so you, it might have played already. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we'll drop the link in there, too. All right, I have one more thing, but before that, tell me a little bit about Cobra Kai. I want to say, and then I saw, I got another thing I got to do a shout okay, out with. Right. It's music related. Throw Can me it, a curveball b- here. Okay, yeah, do, do the okay. music one. Yeah. Real quick. So I was out of town this weekend, coming back, tuned on Wisconsin Public Radio. Okay. There's a Saturday night show. Is it by something Overby? Uh, anyways, I got to look up the name, and but they do music of the world. It's called Higher Ground. Hmm. And they do, this guy, he's an ethnomusicologist. He's super intelligent. He goes all over the world. And he has this four-hour show that he puts on live every Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Is um, it The Road to Higher Ground Road to Higher with Ground. Jonathan Overby? Jonathan Overby. Okay. Guy's got a perfect voice for radio, too. Mm-hmm. It is some of the most eclectic collection of awesome that you can possibly find. Okay. I mean, it was, I stumbled onto it and I remember it from listening it back like when I was going to college and everything. Yeah. So you can find it on the WPR website. Cool. Due to copyright, they they can't put the show, they can't simulcast the show through the website and the radio. Mm-hmm. So the new show is always posted the Monday after. And then they can only have two shows up at a time on the web. But listen to it. It's just four hours of continually awesome music. And some of it's like, okay, that sounds like it's from a different country. I'm not ready for that. Yeah. Then you're going all over the place. Like in the space of an hour, I heard an Irish ballad. I heard um, anti-apartheid uh, Afro-pop um, that, from Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the same time, I heard like contemporary Polish like dance music that was using like traditional dance rhythms with electronic sounds then i heard oscar peterson jazz music from the 60s oh, nice. and then we were like to a wind symphony concert mm-hmm. that was just recorded last year and i mean it's awesome music so check out the yeah. road to higher ground it's if you just want to listen to music that's outside the box and the cool thing is if you listen to it on the website it'll put up what you're listening to so you can go get the album or all that kind of stuff too so i wanted mm-hmm. to throw that out there not nice. movie stuff but it's radio and it's music yeah so that was the thing I, we actually went to a, uh, we go to like a little concert series. Um, they have maybe like one every month, every couple months or so. And they were do it was a trio. Okay. So it was a piano, via, uh, piano, violin, and cello. Okay, cool. And they played a composer that I don't know that I ever heard before, um, Piazzolla. Argentinian. You were listening to some uh, uh, tango. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that was it, they played because they played some Haydn at first. Okay. And then they I forget the middle. Um, shoot, I forget the middle one. There were a couple of other composers that they played in the middle there. Yeah. And um, you know, I, of course, I asked my kids at the end of it. I'm like, which ones did you like best? They're like, I think I like the first one and the last one. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I think so too because. Yeah. For me, and I know you're your band teacher, uh, and and you appreciate and you understand the music way more than I do. But right. I know that um, sometimes I and I like classical music. But sometimes when I listen to classical music, unless I really know the composer well, like Mozart, like I can listen to something, I'm like, yep, nope, I know that's Mozart. Yeah. Um, some of it blends together for me. Mm-hmm. Like it, a lot of it sounds the same. <laughs> and, I got stories and, for you, but that, that now is not the time for that. But we were listening to this in the the Haydn piece at the beginning. I was like. That's actually really cool. Yeah. Like I can tell, there's there's a sense of humor in this music. There's there are times where like the music pauses when you don't expect it to, and then it like shifts to a different key or, or whatever. And they're like, that's actually kind of funny. Like yeah. it's very clever. And then we get to the guy, the one at the end, and it's, is it Piazzolla? Am I Piazzolla, saying that right? Yeah. 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 Aster. Aster. Piazzolla. Aster Piazzolla. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and I'm listening to that one. I'm like, okay. 
this is pretty fun. Like, yeah. I like this. I get, there's some personality. And not to say that the other composers don't have personality. Yeah. Maybe you could say that, but I, I'm not an expert on classical music, so right. I don't want to say right. that. But um, I was like, this is actually pretty cool. Yeah. Like, I like, I like this guy's style, and I like the, yeah. I, I can hear the sense of humor, and I can hear the, uh, the personality that comes across in this. Well, it's, a lot of it is rooted in, like, the tango. Yeah. The tango is awesome. Mm-hmm. Tango music. I love music. The tango music. I mean, it is, and it's all very sensual. Mm-hmm. It's all very emotional. It's got it's rhythmic because mm-hmm. you have to dance to it. And I only do a little bit of dancing. Tammy mm-hmm. and I took some, and I'll tell you, the tango is the absolute greatest thing in the world to dance <laughs> to. I mean, it is awesome. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. And yeah, I love that music. Yeah. So, and don't worry about the slight, <clears throat> you know, with with classical music, and I, it's. I'm not saying they're boring. No, 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 and it's not. It, but the thing is, and I, I'm, I, we're trying to keep it light. No, yeah. Right yeah. Up, mm-hmm. But there is a piece where the classical music time mm-hmm. period of classical music, mm-hmm. a large percentage of it is written very much in the same vein, to where it right. kind of it, it has that same mm-hmm. kind of thing to it, that same overall sound. Yeah. I got me into some trouble with some drop the needle music history tests. Mm-hmm. Drop the needle where they put music on. You have to tell what you're listening to. Okay. This is record players, people, oh, and it's called go. Drop the Needle because yeah. they just drop it in the middle. They got to figure out yeah, what's you gotta going figure on. Out who it is and what, okay. I got into some trouble. Long story that I won't tell now. But sounds, sounds like the Shakespeare test I had to take in the English department. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they give you three lines. Mm-hmm. Like, here's three lines. Who said it? Who are they talking to? That's what play? exactly what, yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk about, you know, mm-hmm. equity and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, the revolution against that was the Beethoven was the guy that kind of changed it, and the mm-hmm. time period that came right after was to try and make the music as individualized as possible, mm-hmm. and and more kind of like they called it the romantic time. Personalized, period. would you say? <laughs> Maybe you might be able to say <laughs> that, but they would try and tell mm-hmm. a story or actually paint imi- like individual mm-hmm. pictures with the music. Yeah, and many of those things, those devices that were developed in that later time period, are now used in movies today. Right, and so. Right. You know, when that gets into our movie discussion. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so don't... I, I mean, yeah. I, I know that... I know how much you love music. Oh, oh yeah, my gosh. No. Amadeus was one of your favorite oh, yeah. movies. But, yeah, that is a thing with a lot of classical music. Yeah. If you listen to it back-to-back, a lot of it can have it's a lot sound of the very sound. similar. Yeah. And yeah. 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 Like a lot of pop music today. I, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan, but that, that's another discussion. And, and other reasons for that. Right. Okay, but lightning round, lightning round. Uh, Cobra Kai. Dude, Cobra Come Kai. Because I have not had a chance to see it yet. But you, did you, it, I heard it got renewed for a second season. Oh, dear Lord, because so, i got to right. buy YouTube Red now. <laughs> or I've got to, uh, like, do the... i got to wait till the second season comes mm-hmm. out and do the trial thing. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe... I, I'll wait a year and get it from the library. Yeah. Like, I can't afford another channel. Okay. I, I just right. I can't. Banzai! Daniel LaRusso here for LaRusso Auto. We are chopping prices on all of our inventory. Johnny? I knew it was you. This is Johnny Lawrence. He and I go way back. Oh, this is a guy who's ashy kicked. If you want to get technical, I kick this face. <laughs> hey, where you going, come oh, I didn't know you guys were trying to buy beer. I'm... <laughs> hey! Watch your car, man. Get the hell out of here, loser. <laughs> Was that like Taekwondo or something? It's karate. Do you think you could teach me? 
I'm driving home from work yesterday, and in this strip mall, I see... After 30 years, I thought that guy might have changed, but he's still the same prick. I heard you beat up a bunch of teenagers. I didn't beat up any teenagers. I kicked the crap out of a bunch of assholes who deserved it. Thinks he could bring Cobra Kai back to the valley? Yeah. Not on my watch. You want those kids at school to keep dumping things on your head? You want all the girls to think you're a wangless dork? You're gonna be my karate teacher? No. I'm gonna be your sensei. teach you the style of karate that was taught to me. A method of fighting your pansy ass generation desperately needs. Okay, let's see what you got. She's a girl. And? I'm sorry. Oh, are you okay? Girl's a natural cobra. Johnny, you and I, this, we aren't done. So tell me a little bit about because I haven't. I didn't know it was going to be on YouTube. Okay. Okay. Because I knew it was coming out. I knew it was on YouTube. I knew it was coming out, it, but I didn't, and I'm like, I didn't get a chance to watch it. So here's me going YouTube. Oh, is that what you? Oh, there's YouTube channel. Is that a mm -hmm. thing now? Oh, I guess that's a thing. Whatever. So I turned it on. I didn't know anything about it, and it's just like, oh, oh, there's Johnny being played by what's the guy's name? Was it William Zabka? Zabka. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's him playing him. <clears throat> mm -hmm. I wonder who they're going to get to be John uh, to be um, Danny. Danny. Yeah. Oh, there's Ralph Macchio. Yeah. Oh, so that's what they're doing. Cool. It's awesome, John. Mm -hmm. It is so great. And I, I, I only watched the first two episodes because that's the only ones that are yeah. free. But it follows Johnny mm -hmm. later in life okay. and kind of where he ends up. I don't want to do too many spoilers, yeah, but yeah. things ain't going good. Okay. It follows a little bit of Daniel, mm -hmm. where he's in life. Things turn out better, okay. but he's got some things that he still needs to, in his life. So the characters are deep. Like, okay. you're, they're not just cardboard cut-ups. I mean, even mm -hmm. back in the day when you were, when we discussed the movie, it's like, well, Johnny, he's a little bit deeper than just that. Like, how, mm -hmm. like, there's still a lot of depth to that character. And okay. it's not like, oh, he's just the bad guy. Okay, mm -hmm. there's, well, Daniel, well, there's these things here. They have kids now. Mm -hmm. That adds another dimension to it. Okay. And... You put your hand up, and I don't want to give too many spoilers, but anyways, Johnny is motivated to reopen Cobra Kai. Okay. The motivations are very interesting, and it's not all the bad guys versus all the good guys. Mm -hmm. Who the popular kids are, slash who the bad guys are, who's going to Cobra Kai, slash who the good kids are. That really, there's like a whole, they, they weave that in, and I can tell there's a lot of potential okay. for um, development with that. Okay. I keep hearing nothing but good stuff about and it. And in so. some ways, Johnny is stuck in the 80s. Okay. I mean, <laughs> in many ways. Aren't we all? <laughs> and, well, yeah. And that was like, dude, this is cool. Mm -hmm. And then he, as he gets with kids again he and peak starts... To peak too early. <laughs> well, as he starts training with kids again, you see these incidences where kids like mention things going on, like kids talk complaining about being bullied. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> and he's just like, well, what happened? Well, they wrote about da 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 And he's like, who did this? He's like, well, I don't know, because all this stuff, it's he's complaining about mm -hmm. some kind of social media nonsense. Mm -hmm. And and he's just like... And you, you explain... Put him in a body bag. That's what his response <laughs> is. It, 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 well, he doesn't say, 
<laughs> well, he doesn't say that. He doesn't say that. Okay. But here's his response. He's just like, you know, as opposed to, you know, like, oh my gosh, he's just like, you mean there's something out there where you can insult someone to their without going to their face? Those are cowards. That's the coward's way. And then he's like, that's like, that's if you're not. You're going to insult somebody, at least do it to their face. That's what he said. And he says, and then there'd be a fight. And then there it is. And so it was just like, oh my gosh, that would be totally a response of someone that grew up, you know, like, uh-huh. what is all this social media? It's like, I, that makes sense. Uh-huh. Wait a minute. He's the bad guy. What am I doing? But it's, it's not that simple. Yeah. It's really, really good. And the thing is, each episode is only, like you were talking about with mm-hmm. Mozart in the Jungle. Yeah. Which I only have four episodes left to watch, okay. and I'm done with that. Um, we, we haven't started the fourth season yet. We okay. Were, we, like, we'd watch the first three really fast, and then we're like, okay, hold on. Yeah, it's... Switch to something else for a minute, and then we'll... Yeah. It, but they're like only like really 23-minute episodes. Okay. And that's where I'm going to maintain that now, the, the way these new seasons drop, mm-hmm. of these shows, especially when they're only like 23 or 24 minutes long. Right. You And they only have 10 episodes. Right. Add all that up, that's like one Lord of the Rings extended cut movie. Yes. So in many ways, I don't process these, binging them, as right. a, a, an episodic series. Mm-hmm. I see it as just a, a movie. movie. Yeah. And, I, I mean, it's a real interesting blending of the, of that, and mm-hmm. it's it's really good. i got to stop talking, Yeah. but it's really good. Okay. I was I was really impressed with what they did with it. Nice. I... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, I got to I got to check it out because that's Cobra Kai. Really that cool. was that was on my list of things to check out at some point because I, I when I saw that I was like, hmm. I feel like I'm getting the same vibe as like when I first started hearing about Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah. And like short episodes. Mm-hmm. Kind of a cool way to take something that we haven't seen in a long time and yeah, revamp the characters a little bit, like bring a little extra dimension to them and yeah. Okay. Cool. I cool. Will, I will check that out. Um, all right, last thing I've got, and then we can get on into our movie. Uh, as of the time of this recording, so tomorrow it will be even one day less, uh, we're 10 days away from Solo. I'm going when you're going. Yeah. I still haven't seen Infinity War yet, and everyone's... Oh, man. Dennis, I, and I can't I have find so time. many comments. I like, know, so I much know. To... <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Excited for Solo. I yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're definitely going the same day. Sure. Yeah. That's you going. I will. I I got to find out from like one of the. Well, I got to find out from Dennis. I don't think Bo ever got back to me. I got to okay. find out from Dennis if he wants to go. Um, and then I got to teach over at uh, the other middle school that he wanted to go to. Okay. He just has to see if. Yeah, I'm he gonna, needs, I'm he needs to watch the kids it. or something. So yeah. either either way, we're going. Because I can't go into the summer with two things dangling. I, I I you know I mean like Infinity Wars and this. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. we got to get this done. I've already got my tickets for Deadpool. Okay. So I made sure I got that. So. Oh. I'm all good to go for that one. So but yeah, 10 days. Yep. 10 days ago. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Something I noticed that was kind of cool uh, was the uh, when you see the scenes of him as a young guy, like driving his fl- uh, the flying car, his yeah. like, um, land speeder car. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I noticed, and he's there with uh, the uh, Mother of Dragons yeah. in, the, in the passenger seat, the little dice that are hanging in the Millennium Falcon are hanging from the car. That's the cool. rearview mirror. That's cool. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Good. Attention to detail. <laughs> well, Ron Howard. Mm-hmm. Right. Attention right. to detail. Well, and the other thing, and I wish, I wish I could go do this, but if you go, was it uh, Regal Theaters or AMC Theaters, if you go opening night and you pay like the extra amount to go for the opening night event, fan event or whatever it is, um, the first, I don't know how many hundred people that go to that get replica dice. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> hmm. I don't know if I have the time to go to that or, or the money and I'm just gonna go find some like I'll, I'm sure you can find the dice to buy somewhere yeah. and I can throw those up in my car and yeah. you know Damn. but uh, yeah 10 days 10 days 10 days, 10 days. 10 days. 10 days. all right 10 
days. Yes. And the more yes. I see of it, the more excited I'm getting. I know. Like, I, I watched a couple of the behind-the-scenes stuff, so I saw, like, them filming a few different scenes that are in the movie, and I'm like, you know what? It really has... I know people at the beginning were like, nah, Han Solo movie. Stupid. It's going to be stupid. Good. To they me, too. You, I don't... my way yeah, in line. Don't go to the theater. Um... The more I see of the behind the scenes stuff, it it very much it, it very much fits in like the world of Rogue One, like it looks very similar to some Rogue One stuff, and like yeah. you get the feel that this is happening in the same galaxy as all the Rogue One stuff. I'm like, hey, you know what? Fine, yeah, go for it, do it. And uh, I, did you ever get a chance to watch the little featurette thing they did on Lando Calrissian giving the tour of the Millennium Falcon? I didn't. No. Did you? Okay. That one's kind of funny because he's giving a tour of the Falcon, and, and I think at one point he says, "Like you know, I don't this this ship never looks so good." And I'm thinking, "Yeah, well, wait, twenty years, yeah, it's definitely not going to look as good yeah. as, as when you got it." And he walks into one of the rooms. He's like, "This is my favorite room. This is one of my favorite parts." And here's the sound system. And here's the leather couch. And here's the chess table. And uh, this is my favorite room. And he opens up the door, the cape room, and it's just like capes everywhere. That's and he's awesome. like, "This is like my sister's wedding cape. This is the you know, galactic luncheon cape. This this is just if you get cold." And that's you know, cool. And like that's. That's pretty good. All right. Um, bu- 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 bum. I think that's all I got for time new movie for, news. Time for colors. Okay, time colors. for colors. All right. Colors. So, colors. Oof. This one came out. Kind of a rough movie. Yeah. So, uh, this one came out 29th of April, 1988. It was rated R. It's two hours long. Uh, directed by Dennis Hopper, who died in 2010. Uh, he also directed Easy Rider, Out of the Blue, and he acted in River's Edge, Blue Velvet, Hoosiers, and Speed. Uh, producer was. Ironically enough, Robert H. Solo, it's a producer, who also produced Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the 1978 version, and a movie called Above the Law. Writers for this one were Michael Schiffer, who did story and screenplay. He did Crimson Tide and The Peacemaker. Uh, Richard D. Lello, who also did the story, did a movie called Bad Boys from 1983, not the Will Smith one, um, and a TV series called Midnight Caller. Cinematography was done by Haskell Wexler, who died in 2015. He did In the Heat of the Night and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, music was done by Herbie Hancock, who did Death Wish and Harlem Nights. Also a phenomenal jazz piano player. I, I, knew, I wondered, like, I know yeah. I know that name, yeah. but I couldn't like he, I mean, recall Her- what it was. So yeah. check it out, people like Herbie Hancock. Just, like, his whole career was built on, like, jazz music and stuff, and then was able to really kind of bridge that gap as pop music and jazz intertwined, like, in the late 70s, early 80s, he was able to, like, get some stuff on the pop charts. Yeah. And, like, really good stuff, do some movie stuff. So check out Herbie Hancock. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, essential listening, you can find any lists on the, but I'm just going to, you know, for American music, Herbie Hancock is, is, is a jazz master. Um, so yeah, yeah, I knew I knew I recognized his name from somewhere, but I just I didn't have time to look it up, and I and I was like, oh man, I know. I, I figured you would probably know yeah. where he's from, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, I knew I knew him from somewhere other than just movies. Straight up jazz, fusion jazz, the whole thing. Herbie Hancock's the yeah. real deal. He's he's a master. Yeah. So, uh, budget for this one was ten million, and box office was forty six point six million domestically in the U.S. Uh, starring Sean Penn as Danny McGavin. He was in Mystic River, Milk, and Dead Man Walking. Robert Duvall as Bob Hodges. He was in The Godfather, Apocalypse Now, and The Apostle. Uh, Maria Conchita Alonso was Luisa Gomez. She was in The Running Man and Predator 2. Randy Brooks played Ron Delaney. He was in Reservoir Dogs and The West Wing. Grand Bush played Larry Sylvester. He was in Die Hard and License to Kill. Don Cheadle played Rocket. He was in Hotel Rwanda, uh, The Avengers and Iron Man movies, and The Ocean's Eleven movies. 
Gerardo Mejia played Bird. He was in Predator 2 and Can't Buy Me Love. Glenn Plummer played High Top. He was in Menace to Society and Showgirls. Rudy Ramos played Melendez. He was in Beverly Hills Cop 2 and The Enforcer. Cy Richardson played Bailey. He was in Repo Man and Tapeheads. Trinidad Silva, who died in 1998, played Frog. He was in The Jerk and UHF. Charles Walker played Reed. He was in Almost Famous and Splash. And Damon Wayans played T-Bone. He was in, in Living Color and Earth Girls Are Easy. Uh, critics for this one, Rotten Tomatoes gives this an 81%. Uh, Roger Ebert of the Sun-Times gave it three stars and said, There are many good moments in colors, but the one I'll remember the longest is in the scene where a group of Los Angeles gang members are trying to explain why the gang is so important to them. Talking to a couple of cops, they described the feeling of belonging, of feeling for the first time in their lives that they were part of a family that cared for them and was ready to die for them. Uh, and again, he gave it three stars. The audience, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, gives us a 72%, so a little bit lower than the critics. And cinema scores, people leaving the theater, uh, they were polled, gave it a B- from an A-plus to an F scale. Awards for this one, only one award, the BMI Film Music Award for Herbie Hancock. And, um, yeah, so I before I get into any kind of like a summary for this, uh, let's go ahead and we'll listen to the audio for the trailer real quick, and we'll be right back in just a second. something, I expect you to back me up. My partner, McGavin. New partner. You get them off the street. The lady, we're trying. Our community have kids out there who are dying over colors. I mean, actually dying over red or blue. How old are you? 18. How old are you? 14. You ever go out with a cop? Uh, you don't like cops, do you? No. But you're just like them Pac-Man. Nothing but a gangster. It's always gonna be gangs, man. There's always gonna be fighting. You can stop it for yourselves, man. Robert Duvall, in a Dennis Hopper film, Colors. Okay, so real quick, um, just kind of a very, very general summary before we talk about any like specific scenes. Um, it's I, I hesitate to call it a buddy cop movie. Because when I think of the words buddy cop, I think it's it's almost supposed to be like an action comedy. Fantasy, action. Right, yeah. right. So I, I, I don't want to call this a buddy cop movie, but it's definitely a cop drama in which you have a, you know, a younger, a younger cop and an older cop, <clears throat> both part of this, I think it was called Crash, the... Um, kind of the, the gang unit within the Los Angeles Police Department. And um, so you've got this older cop who's probably, what did he say, it was like one or two years, it was like one year away from retirement, mm -hmm. um, paired up with this younger cop, kind of this, you know, loudmouth, hot-headed kid uh, that's just starting out. 
And so they are paired up, and the idea being that this is a specific division within the police department that is, um, you know, really just focuses completely on gangs and gang crime and, and investigating all that, patrolling the streets, going, not necessarily going undercover, but, you know, on stakeouts when they need to and, and all that right. stuff. Um, so just initially, initial reactions to this is, had you seen this movie before? And... If you have you seen this movie before, I guess question number one, and then what's just kind of like your initial gut check reaction to having watched the movie? I've seen it before. Okay, and I had not. This was my first time. So. I saw it before, and it happened on. I was like, "Oh, this is interesting." Oh, wow! And I saw it yeah. maybe about five, ten years ago. Okay. Um, my gut check reaction was just, I mean, you know, it's a it's a pretty heavy movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously it's depicting things that this was from 30 years ago. But, you know, immediately my mind goes to, have things really changed that much? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the things that have changed is that we know that gangs are not just in the bad parts of town and not just in the inner city and not, you know, that, you know we use all those terms to just say, okay, that's... That's a that's an urban problem. We don't have that out here in the suburbs. Just like we don't have drug problems out here in the suburbs. Sure, you know those yeah. <laughs> those things that we were told. You know, uh, grown up. Obviously, we didn't grow up in in something mm-hmm. you know like a, a setup like this. But it's just it's just very sad, and it and my reaction is, it gets into it, it gets into societal problems, you know. The police are there, outnumbered. Uh, you know, in some cases, I think you know, outgunned. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what are they going to do? I mean, and you see the whole, you know, the young guy that just wants to bust everybody and bust heads and take them out and take them down and all this kind of thing, and it's just like that's not going to change anything for exactly what those gang members were saying. You know, this provides a home. This provides them some sort of a societal structure and all this. You're not going to change it with that. So what are you left to do? Just kind of bumble along and get to know the, get to know the people and help them out where you can and get the information where you can. And we're not going to bust everybody. And why, you know, mm-hmm. you're not going to bust the kid for throwing the rock at the car. It's just like, dude, this is my office. You can't do that. And you get, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so you see that with the with the older police officer. And I can't pretend to be an expert on this. And I know that we've had presentations here at school what to look out with with gangs because yeah. there, you know. Yeah. That thing's spreading, but it's like, it it gets to be into a, how are we going to fix society? Because you can't just throw the police in there and expect them to arrest all the gang members till they're gone and everything's good again. You can't just say, well, it's a problem that's just in one part of the country or one part of the cities and all that, and just ignore it because it's going to grow, it's going to spread, and it leads into the problem with drugs and the problem, you know, and, and that problem goes like that. So then you're left with the very difficult question is how do you fix society? And that's a question that, well, I'm of the belief that there are certain people on the higher end of things that they don't want that fixed because that threatens their position. So that's the, that's the really ugly side of it is that what this movie depicts is we, we got we to gotta start taking care of the people that are in crime-ridden neighborhoods. And we've got to take care of the, the people that, you know, they grow up, mom and dad may be involved in gangs, maybe mom and dad involved in drugs, maybe, you know, they don't know their parents. Well, what are we going to do to help those folks out? Because, I mean, you can't just say personal accountability, son, and, mm-hmm. and expect them to figure that out. 
I was fortunate enough to be raised with those things. You right. know? So it, that's what this movie. I think it just shows you. It, it just a, it shows you a look at at a very ugly part of our society that we need to come to grips with and figure out how we're going to solve, mm-hmm. um, or who we need to get in charge that wants to see this solved. Um, so, anyways, that's kind of those were kind of yeah. my thoughts with the movie. So yeah, well, and and I'll and I'll preface some of this by saying that you know, f- full disclosure, if you don't already know this from listening. We're a pup, we're a couple of uh, middle class Caucasian men. Yeah. So you know we come at a movie like this from an outsider perspective, looking at it and saying this is not how I grew up. This is not where I grew mm-hmm. up. This is not in a lot of ways. This I don't want to say that I don't connect with this. I don't. I look at it as an outside observer. Like mm-hmm. this is definitely not the way my life has been. Um, you know, and I don't think I don't think we can talk about this movie without talking about some of the like societal and racial and other things. I just want to preface all that by saying I don't I don't claim to be an expert in anything, and I, I definitely don't claim to be an expert in you know how to fix the ills of society and and the racism that goes on and all that other stuff. I I only come at this by saying you know I I may say something in the course of talking about this that sounds totally ignorant. Mm-hmm. Just I'm putting it out there to say I. I hope that I try to do the best that I can yeah. to be aware of what's going on, to be compassionate and empathetic about what's going on. But that, I mean, obviously that's not my day to day life. Yeah. And you know, that that's through no effort of my own. I, I am where I was born and yeah. where I live and, and all that. Um, so I look at something like this and I look at this and I think, you know what, it, I thought the exact same thing. I thought, how have things really changed? Mm-hmm. Like we're looking at a movie that's now thirty years old, and this was really that's what a lot of the a lot of the background stuff that I found on this. They really talked about this as being one of the first movies to show this kind of this gang life through this lens. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dennis Hopper, I think, at one point was quoted as saying something like, "You know what? This movie doesn't have a message. It's not a documentary, but it doesn't have a message. I'm not trying to." I'm not trying to say this is good, this is bad. I'm just trying to show you, you know, here's here's kind of what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like they spent, well, it, actually I had some of the, I had pulled some notes from <clears throat> IMDB and from Wikipedia and, and a couple other places that they had actually hired real gang members for different, um, you know, minor roles in the movie that they went out and filmed on location. Like they actually went to the neighborhoods, they went to these places when they filmed in a neighborhood that was blood territory, they used some of the members of the Bloods gang, um, you know, to be bit parts in there. If they went to a Crips neighborhood, then they, you know, had members of those guys. And he said that actually, he he thinks the director said he thinks that maybe you know ten people died over the course of the filming just because they'd go in there, they'd film a scene, and then they'd leave, and like an hour or two later, a couple of gangs that were arguing over something that they just filmed in the movie started shooting each other and, and doing all that stuff. So, um, you know, so I one of the things I thought was interesting about this was looking at it and going, this doesn't need to be a movie that was made in 1988. Like, this could totally be a movie that's made today, and I don't really think you'd have to change too much. Mm-hmm. Which, looking at it that way, for lack of a better term, I can see why people that live in the inner city and live in situations like this are mad as hell, mm-hmm. and they're not going to take it anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not 
not to say that I condone any kind of rioting or, or anything like that, but at the same time, you look at the history of our country and sometimes it takes a little getting rough to get people's attention. So not that I want to condone any of that, but at the same time, like, you know, I, if you put me in that situation and you just kept pushing me down and pushing me down and put, and if I had to live in that and you just kept pushing me as far down as you could push me, I can't say that I wouldn't push back. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, and I know we, and I know we have some friends who are police officers or have spouses who are police officers. And I, I, I don't want to say any of this to belittle what the police officers do and like what their role is. Cause I'm, I, I, I know the black lives matter movement, the blue lives matter, the, I, I don't necessarily want to go any further into that myself because it's not the nature of the podcast, right? It's not the nature of the podcast, but I'm looking at this and I'm going, you know what? And I don't, I don't mean this to be, to say this, to be anti-police. I'm just, I'm commenting on the movie itself. I think in the movie, there were a lot of times where I looked at the cops as being just another gang. Mm-hmm. In particular, I think the part Robert Duvall, you know, his character tells Sean Penn's character, he's like, "Look, you're just like they are. Mm-hmm. You know, you got your you Pac-Man, you got your nickname, you know, you got your street name. You, you know, you want to resort to violence first. You want to do mm-hmm. like you're no better than any of these gangbangers are." Yeah. And I was like, "Well, that that's kind of an interesting take on it that you've got." You know, you have these gangs, and we have a, I don't want to, for lack of a better term, you have a, a gang, mm-hmm. quote fingers, a gang within the L.A. Police Department as part of this crash unit, you know, and so then it's, well, how, how different are the two groups if you've got guys that are bending the law a bit to get things done? and Right, and then, and the thing was, you know, like the Robert Duvall character, I think, had a very balanced look at it look mm-hmm. this is the reality right and you got it you, you know you can't bust everybody <laughs> you can't and and is that even the right thing to do I right mean, he was kind of the take a look at what's going on mm-hmm. out there you know he, he was like bigger picture guy he's like you know sometimes yeah whether it's legal or not sometimes you gotta extend a little goodwill yeah because you gotta play the long game and you gotta but but you look at that and it's like what are we asking you know, again, not trying to come down on either side, but, you know, this brings up a good question. And I think if the country's going to get anywhere, we got to be able to ask the question without someone wanting to take my head off because, well, you just don't get it. Well, I like, right. don't, please explain it to me <laughs> then, on both then, sides. Then educate me, yeah. On both sides. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like, in some cases, you know, you throw a police force, what they depict in this movie, in the middle of this situation, well, now they're not just enforcing the law. Now they're also filling in as community organizers. They're filling in as social workers. They're filling in as, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's it's like it's not just enforcing every law that it might be in other parts of town. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so suddenly there's just more and more being put on that plate. Now, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, and I, I would have to ask people that have more experience with it, does, has policing changed? And the groups that are in the gang unit probably have well probably have different training and recognize different things and do you get what i'm saying like mm-hmm. they're you know they're gonna they're gonna approach things a little bit different just i would imagine like an undercover mm-hmm. officer would do and but it's like you know there's they're being asked to do more and more and more and again it's kind of like a band-aid fix and i think it's just as a society as a whole okay well now we can look like we're doing something well we're gonna you know give the police Special training. Mm-hmm. They're going to be able... Well, again, you're asking the police force to then fix society's problems. Yeah. 
sort of like like we you know we talked about with teachers you know there's certain initiatives and things that are happening okay well now teachers are being asked the society's problems Mm -hmm. well what needs to change yeah okay well families need to be stronger okay well the quality of life needs to be and that's something we need to all fix together there i don't think there's any easy answers yeah you know and and it's but the nice thing is you can uh, the convenient thing for the for the folks on the higher up level they can just point the finger oh well look Mm -hmm. you know in this case the police blew it in this case well, look at this neighborhood. We'll look at their. Take care of yourselves, right? You know, like right. you. It's easy to point the finger. Well, you had that. You had that I'm, scene of that, uh, like that town hall meeting, mm-hmm. where the cops are like, "Look, people, we need you. If you want to get these people off the streets, if you basically like, a, if you see something, say something." And the cops are up there talking to the people, and the people are mad as hell. Mm-hmm. And and I'm looking at that, and I'm going. At first, when that scene first started, I'm sitting there going, "Everybody, look, the cops are just trying to help you." But then as the scene goes on and the people are standing up and they're yelling back at the cops, I'm sitting there going, ah, dude's got a point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know. I'm, and, obviously, this is just a movie, but I'm like, yeah. I'm like, well, you know, I, you, and, again, and, you keep pushing and you keep pushing and, and you can only push somebody down for so long before even an animal will fight back. Right. So. I mean, and it's, it, yeah, so I don't, I don't know. And I don't think the movie... I don't think the movie gets too preachy. I think it yeah. it it pre- presents that, and it's kind of like, yeah, this is this is something we got to fix, people. Mm-hmm. I mean, we 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 got to we got to figure this out. And I mean, you know, you look at the gangs and the violence and and all this kind of thing. It might sound silly at first. But bear with me. I mean, I can only look at like my ancestors, and I know when the Irish came over here. Mm-hmm. You know, the Irish were treated like vermin. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Irish were get, they there were gangs that were formed there were riots there was bloodshed mm-hmm. there was you know people getting killed I mean there was the whole thing right the Italian immigrants came over I mean we all know about the mafia and all yeah. this kind of thing and and it's like those were immigrant groups that were able to work their way out of that mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying yeah and now we look back and you you first bring up the thing of when the Irish come oh well you know all the Irish came off the boat with a shamrock in their pocket singing Danny Boy and <laughs> mm-hmm. you know we, we kind of look back with rose colored glasses right I mean the, one of the biggest problems when you deal with Italian organized crime is the amount that it's been glorified in movies you right. know it almost looks like hey well you know what that's okay because you know they're powerful guys and but you know mm-hmm. and you, it's just like well now you got this and I'm not gonna say for all of the people portrayed in this movie immigrant groups, because, you know, I mean, you have an entire group of, of, of citizens in this country that their ancestry was slavery. Right. And there, there's going to be repercussions of that. Right. I, I don't want to go into depth and be preachy, right. but there are societal repercussions of that that mm-hmm. we have to come to grips with. Yeah. And it's just, it's hard if people just want to turn a blind eye or find a scapegoat or put a Band-Aid on there just so we can blame it when it mm-hmm. crumbles and then just kind of move ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's not going to, that's not going to work. Yeah. You know, I also know that it it came up. I remember during the most recent election. You know, they there were talks about the inner cities and things were being said. But then I know there were a number. I remember hearing there were a number of African American groups that came out and said, "Well, wait a minute. You know, we've we have a nice neighborhood in this. It's not mm-hmm. all ghetto. It's mm-hmm. not all you know. Even and I I think maybe the ghetto or inner city or those terms they were even saying those are pretty cliched terms." Mm-hmm. Because that's not really the reality anymore. It's yeah. it's more nuanced than that. Yeah. And you, you want to call Chicago a war zone? Have you actually been to Chicago? Well, yeah, <laughs> and and so you know you hear those things, and it's like okay, so that's when I when I think of what's changed since in thirty years, that has, 
the Cabrini Green neighborhood, and I don't know what talk about Chicago than yeah. LA, but the Cabrini Green neighborhood used to be incredibly violent. Yeah. You know, where I went to grad school just a few years before, you had to go by a certain uh, bad section of town on the south mm-hmm. side to get there, and like you were told to sit on the other side of the bus because bullets might come flying in. You know, ricochet or something. That was the danger. Don't leave the campus. By the time I got to the grad school, it was like, okay, there's some neighborhoods to avoid after dark, but, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, so the, the neighborhoods are changing. I know the Cabrini Green neighborhood, like, a lot of that housing has been put down, right. and there is, so then the question is, where did all the people that live there go? Right. Did we solve the problem? Are we solving the problem? Right. Are we trying to figure it out? Are we not trying to figure it out? Right. You know? So there's, I just have a, a, a lot of questions, you know, and um, um, it's, it's, it's a tricky time to try and figure that out. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, and you, you get the sense from this movie, too, that they, this movie is not trying to tell you that it has the answers. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I think this movie very clearly is just trying to say, hey, look, we, you got an old cop who, he does it one way, you got the young cop who does it this way, and... Even though I might disagree with the way Sean Penn's character does that, you know, spray painting the kid in the face and like doing all that other crazy stuff, mm-hmm. are his tactics wrong? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. But at the same time, I think you've got a balance of some of the stuff he did was working. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff that Robert Duvall's character did was working. Yeah. You know, you you almost got to balance that. You know, the same as being parents and being teachers. Yeah. There are times where we give the kids a little bit of leeway. We're like, hey, you know what? You you messed up there. It's okay. I'll give you a second chance. There are also times where we got to give the kids more structure, and we're like, nope, done, mm-hmm. done, absolutely not. And I look at this movie. I'm like, was either of those approaches wrong? Now, the part where I think the younger cop was wrong was he, and, and I think the, the girl, um, Louisa, that he liked, um, she said it, she said he was sadistic. She, I think he said, she said at one point, you have a mean heart, and you're sadistic. And I think that's where maybe he was wrong. I think maybe in his, in his way of wanting to combat the crime problem, he took a little bit more of a hardline stance of, nope, we gotta, you know, if somebody's got drugs, you arrest them. If somebody's got the, you, somebody does this, you arrest them. And the other guy's like, well, you know, we gotta... You, if you want to get to the bigger fish, you gotta, yeah. you know, you gotta do a little give and take here. You know, they do the whole thing of, you know, you owe me one. I want you to say it, so you owe me one. Um, you know, and the, the whole thing of the favors and the, that kind of stuff. And I'm looking at this movie. I'm going, you know, I, I other than the one guy being kind of sadistic in how he approaches things, at the heart of it was what he was trying to do wrong by, like, you know, being hardline. If you do wrong, you get arrested. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think so. Yeah. The way he did it, absolutely. I mean, she never spray paint a kid in the face, but um, and I think that's probably one of the interesting things about this movie is from the police perspective of it. Like, I, I don't know that you can look at any of those characters and say, "Oh yeah, that's totally the way to handle this problem." Yeah. Well, and again, I I don't work in the in the I'm not in that line of work at all, and and right. and that's. You know, you look at that, but then it's like, you know, what what are the outcomes? Mm-hmm. You know? Well, the I mean, outcome is they I mean, hate you more if you're... Well, yeah. <laughs> if you I do mean, things the way the younger is, guy did it. Then. Well, and yeah, is there community mm-hmm. trust there? Right. Too. Okay, so you bust a kid, you put, you know, you don't... 
now they're in the system. Now they mm-hmm. go to a juvenile detention center. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not happy fun time, right? My understanding, right? So is that going to improve, mm-hmm. or is that just somewhere where we can quote unquote lock them up, right? You know, I, I mean, well, and that's and, the deal too, because sometimes, sometimes maybe yes, yeah. if you get a character like the high top guy. Yeah. You know, at that point, they're like, oh, well, no, yeah, we, even, I think even Robert Duvall's character's like, yeah, no, we got to take this scumbag down. Yeah. and But you get, like, the 14-year-old kid. And and, and what... Are what, you going to arrest that 14-year-old kid? And what was the high-top guy when he was 14? Right. So, I mean, you, see, yeah. and there's there's no easy answer. So, right. I mean, it's it's like, it, and I'm expanding beyond the movie, but, okay, so, yeah, okay, let's arrest him, put him at end of cut and dry, black and white, that's the issue. That's the result. But then, at some point, someone has to ask the question and say, "Well, what, what, what's the like? What's the end game? Like, mm-hmm. where are we going to get? Because there's always going to be more kids like that. Mm-hmm. The, the the problem is, is that's all falling on the police, mm-hmm. because then we get to wash our hands of it and then mm-hmm. take our sides and say, "Well, the police are at fault, or oh, the community's at right. fault, and we just get to sit back in our safe mm-hmm. homes and everything and just say, "Oh, everything's you know, mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about it. That's right. their screw up. It's thirty and, miles away." <laughs> That's not that's not solving the problem. Right. That's like, do you know what I'm saying? That's just mm-hmm. kind of burying your head in the sand. Right. And that's that's that my problem with that. I mean, and it, and it, the, the bigger discussion. I mean, look what else was going on in the '80s. And you're talking about mandatory minimums. And you're doing the whole mm-hmm. thing. You know, what, what was the mandatory minimum for crack cocaine versus, mm-hmm. you know, something that was in other different socioeconomic groups. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, there's there's not a lot of equality there. So when you're looking at those things, what's going to solve this problem? And I don't think there were any easy answers or easy outs or clear path ahead. I mean, that was kind of what I was struck with. It was yeah. just like you go out, there's no clear path ahead, and then you come back and, you know, you hope to, you hope to make it through to another day. Mm-hmm. You hope to take down some of the big fish and you hope to take care of that, but... That's not going to change. There will always be that unless there's an alternative. Mm-hmm. Well, and you, you think of this as being, it's it's Los Angeles, and then just, was it three years after this was all the Rodney King stuff? Nine, I think it was 91. Yeah. You know, so you, if it, it, tensions have not, no. <laughs> they haven't gotten any less. Well, yeah. And, well, and, I mean, look in the news. I mean, yeah. we're replete with examples of yeah. things in the news. And, I, you know, I, yeah. I mean, it's it's like... And yeah, and there's there's no easy answers, yeah. and I I just don't have faith that the people that sh- all the people that should be leading us forward and saying, hey guys, this is this is tough. There are no easy answers, mm-hmm. but we need to go together. Let's calm this down. Let's mm-hmm. calm. The, are we calming it down where we can, or are we fanning the flames right. to score points? Right. I that I'm just gonna leave that question out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, where where is the leadership like yeah. calming down where we should? Or are we fanning flames? Are we are we trying to rile people up? Yeah. I mean, and it's, you know, and I'm just going to say again, you know, it's it's a very convenient way to let the people on the lower ends of society, you know, fight each other mm-hmm. to let the people on the higher ends of society maintain their yeah. grip on things. I, I, it's, I, I don't know, it's, it's, a diff, it's a difficult movie to watch and it raises some very difficult questions. Yeah. Well, and, and one of the other things I liked about it too was that there wasn't a, we've and we've been saying this, there, it's not really a black and white movie. 
it's not there's not a whole lot in this that's super clear cut. Mm-hmm. Um, the only the only part that I will say feels kind of clear cut is uh, Don Cheadle's character Rocket. He's kind of a stone cold killer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean that's that's pretty much the only clear cut thing I can think of is that you know he's at least from what we see in the movie yeah. he's a bad dude and, and he's the he's the guy that needs to be put away. Now you go further back in time in his story and. You know, how did he get that way? You know, no, no, no 13, 14, you know, if he's the 13, 14 year old kid that uh, is, is sitting there on his knees on the ground when the cops pulled everybody over, you know, if Rocket several years ago is that kid, you know, obviously he didn't, he wasn't born that way. Yeah. So how did he get to the point where he is now? But the other piece of that too is you get the, um, you get the sense that when, <clears throat> McGavin's or Pac-Man, whatever you want to call him, um, when he's kind of flirting with the the girl with Louisa, you know, he's just thinking, pretty girl, you know, going on some dates, maybe more than that, uh, not even thinking like what kind of connection she might have in the neighborhood, and and come to find out the kid he spray painted in the face is her cousin, and you know, and he just completely oblivious of the fact that you know you you do something to these. Uh, these gang members, there's going to be people in their life that you might look at and be like, oh, well, that person never be affiliated with a gang. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's... Yeah. In the in this movie, in that neighborhood, the gang is going to be so prevalent, you're not going to find anybody who's probably untouched by a gang in some way. Mm-hmm. Like, most likely you get to a point where the gangs saturate the neighborhood so much that you have to take a side in order to, you know, be safe even in your own neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Like just by virtue of where you live, even if you don't want to have anything to do with the gangs, I, I don't. I don't know if you can just keep your head down and pretend it's not there, and mm-hmm. kind of feel like at some point you you get by, backed into a corner, and you've you've got to. Well, I, I I can't imagine. Yeah. I, I mean, I. I... Well, you got the the lady like sweeping as they're driving by. She's sweeping. She's like, you got to get these guys out of the neighborhood, and they're you know standing off the side of her shop, and and uh, Robert Duvall's just like, we're trying. And she she laughs and says something like, you know, try harder, or you guys, yeah, you don't have enough cops, or, or something yeah. like that. Well, but, yeah, when you look at the numbers, and I mean, right. it's like, what's I mean, what's on the what's what's the alternative? Right. I mean, you know, is school, education, mm-hmm. college, job, is that an alternative? Right. Is a good paying job mm-hmm. an alternative? Because if it's not, right. What's your alternative? Is it is it family? Because you have the one guy that goes into the whole thing on, this is my I'm not leaving. And he tries to get him to you know say, hey, you can you can leave this life. This is my family. This is where I belong. This is these are the people who care for me and, you know. So, yeah. I if sorry. that's if if that's what you see if that's what you see as family, how are you gonna? I mean, that's like taking a kid and trying to convince him, hey, your mom and dad are evil. You you need to come with me. And well, no kid is going to think, no, no matter how their mom and dad might treat them, I have a hard time believing that a kid, even one who maybe be may have been mistreated by their parents, would say, oh yeah, please take me away from my mom and dad. Yeah. Maybe an older kid, but I have a hard time believing that any child would say, yeah, no, please take me away from my family. Well, like, right. You know, and, it's what they know. And it's again, what they it's, connect with. It's, a, it's a societal right. problem yeah. that we're trimming the trees, trimming the leaves mm-hmm. on the tree, we're not at the root of the problem. Right. I mean, it's, I, I just really, and, and again, my my opinion, and I, I please, if I'm wrong or off base, but yeah, I mean, 
you know, and in real life, there's going to be police officers that screw up. There's going to be police officers that are bad officers. There's mm-hmm. going to be that. As a whole, though, you, you, you throw... Police officers are trained to enforce the law. Now you're putting them into a neighborhood or in a situation where the, you now you're asking them to do all these other things. Mm-hmm. Just so we can kind of turn a blind eye and either criticize them when they screw it up or, on the flip side... You know, treat it like, well, that's, you know, they're going out and, and what's wrong with it? You're throwing a whole group of people into a neighborhood where yeah. this is kind of what they, and we can just say, well, that's not our neighborhood, so it's my neighbor's house that's on fire. It's not mine, so I don't have to worry about it, and we can criticize them when they, when they blow it. Yeah. You know, it's, and that's real easy just to kind of wash your hands of it and mm-hmm. say, that's not, that's not my concern. Yeah. Well, Okay. Good luck, you know, turning a blind eye and mm-hmm. seeing how that works. Or maybe we all have to come together and I'd, I don't pretend to have the answers, yeah. but I just don't think turning the blind eye for any of it is going gonna, is gonna to help. Yeah. So. So we get to the end of the movie. And at the end of the movie, um, I think that's, they've got kind of the showdown with the, um, you know, the, the cops move in on the 21st Street gang and... Um, they go to arrest, uh, I think, Frog. The character of Frog was mm-hmm. his name. They go to arrest him, and, um, you know, somebody f- tries to get a shot in on Pac-Man because mm-hmm. that was kind of their plan to, to take him down because I think every gang decided they hated him. Um, and they end up shooting Hodges instead. So Pac-Man's there kind of trying to calm him down at the end. And I went through a lot of this movie wondering if he was going to be a kind of a crooked cop. I, w- I went through Duval. a good po- yeah. No. I went through a good portion of this movie, I, and maybe I was thinking of like Training Day. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm watching a good portion of this movie. I'm like, all right. So he he seems to be kind of compassionate. He seems to be the guy playing the long game with a lot of these gang members, letting some of them go. You know, you know, doing a you owe me one kind of thing with a lot of them. I wonder if he's is he getting like kickbacks from the gang members. So I, I spent a good portion of the movie wondering, like, is he going to turn out to be a crooked cop? Right. <clears throat> and and didn't. And I kind of was glad he didn't. I was like, you know, that that allows me to still like his character. Like, I like his character. I like his, his approach to things. Um, you know, but then obviously he, he's the one that gets shot at the end of the movie and, and doesn't make it. Mm-hmm. So then you kind of cut to the final scene of the movie where you've got, and it doesn't tell us how much longer later this is, um, but you've got McGavin now has a rookie partner who is African-American cop who grew up in the neighborhood, probably knows some of these people, and he's the same kind of hothead that McGavin was at the beginning of the movie. You know, he'll jump out of the car before they've even stopped it, and he's chasing after the guys, trying to jump the fence, and now McGavin is the one that's mm-hmm. parks the car, gets out slowly, you know, yeah. and... Uh, and I like how he tried to tell the story about the bull. Yeah, yeah. And, and totally failed. <laughs> he did. Well, he, he messed it up, but yeah. did he, he messed get it up, but he got, he got it in the end. Yeah, yeah he's he like, because yeah. he was trying to figure out that role, because he yeah. didn't suddenly have right. 20 years of experience. Right. But yeah, I thought that was an interesting, uh, something uh, on my face here. <laughs> they, they had a, um, I thought that was an, I thought that was an interesting ending. Yeah. You know? You know? Yeah. So. so. All right. Um, so. A tough movie, but I think brings up a lot of good questions. Uh, you know, questions that obviously we, as a world and society and all that, we have a lot of work to do to, yeah. we don't, and you and I don't have the answers, but. No. But, but I think a movie like this is one of those that, um, you know, 
is a good one to watch, mm -hmm. to be thinking about these kind of things, to get a perspective on some of these things. You know, if it's not, I feel like if, if this is not the way you grew up, if this is not the place you grew up in, at least a movie like this gives you a glimpse. Yeah. You know, I, I think the movie did a good enough job of not really trying to take sides. I don't feel like it tried to take the side of the police mm -hmm. or the side of the gangs. I think they did a decent job of trying to show just, you know, it's not a documentary, but just trying to set up the camera and say, exactly. here it is. Like, here's here's these gangs, and here's why they do what they do, whether you agree with it or not. Here's why they do what they do, and here's the cops. And here's why they do what they do, whether you agree with it or not. And, you know, you have a couple people on each side that you look at and you go, yikes, that's not, you know, the way McGavin, the way Pac-Man handles stuff. That's not the way I would handle it. You know, mm -hmm. that's definitely not the right way to do it. And you look at somebody like Don Cheadle's Rocket on the other side, it's like, wow, that guy's a killer. I mean, yeah. he, he just needs to be put Fuck. away. Yeah. But how did he get there? And you've got plenty of other gang members that are not as, you know, extreme as he is, yeah. you know, in his willingness to, you know, shoot up a church or shoot up, yeah. you know, shoot somebody in their front yard. And yeah. um, so. I would say these movies, I think, are a good jumping off point. Mm -hmm. Go read on the topic, talk to people about, you know, and, mm -hmm. and just let that, this be an incentive to go educate yourself. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for colors. Um, so if you would like to get a hold of us, if you have anything, if you want to tell us a little bit more, um, if you've watched the movie colors and you want to share some of your feedback on it, feel free to do that. If you go to three zero podcast.com, that's our website and you can find all the different ways to get in touch with us, whether it's through Twitter, email, Facebook, Instagram, uh, all those different places. We've also got a voicemail line. You can call in um, leave us some feedback on it, uh, but we'd love to hear from you. So if you want to head on over to our website, you can do that. Um, any of the places you listen to podcasts, Stitcher, Satchel, Google Play, uh, iTunes, you want to just listen directly from our website, uh, from the uh, Podbean website is where our podcast is hosted. Any of those, you can go get our latest episode and all of our other 184 episodes we've done up to this point. Our next episode is going next week is going to be Red Heat, and then we're going to follow that up with Maniac Cop, and Alien Nation later on in the month. Um, and then I think we're going to try to fit in. I probably will be the only one that goes to see Deadpool 2. So I might do a little mini episode on Deadpool 2. Um, and then we'll finish off the month then with Solo, A Star Wars Story. Hopefully we'll be able to get that one in maybe towards the end of the month there. Um, I'm thinking maybe we just maybe we go see the movie and if we've got time we just do a show right afterwards. Yeah, I can see what we got time for. You know. Um, so anyway, that's it for colors, and uh, thank you, Pat. Thank you, John. Yeah. So we will see you all back here next time. Be excellent to each other, and go watch some good movies. It just don't matter. Something died for your life when my shotgun scatters. Colors. The gangs of L.A. will never die. Just multiply colors. 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 colors.